Good evening, Ethel Barrymore superfans, and welcome to Slow Motion Triple Feature, a podcast in which three friends watch three movies over the course of three weeks. Each month, a different friend will select a different triple feature for their friends to enjoy and discuss. Slow Motion Triple Feature is one of the many fine podcasts brought to you by the American Friend Institute. I'm your host, Mike Keller, and I am joined tonight by my good friends, Kit and Andrew. That's right. Kit has returned, and she's finishing off Shocktober 2023 with her pick. Or with her pick. <laughs> oh, whatever. 1946's The Spiral Staircase, starring Dorothy McGuire, George Brent, and Ethel Barrymore, and directed by Robert Siodmak. Yeah, I struggled Shodmack. with that one, too. Yeah. So, it's probably like a German name. He, uh... He fled the Nazis. I don't know if he was originally from Germany, but he he can... he fed the Nazis. <laughs> he fed the Nazis. Oh my goodness! Imagine imagine what what could have happened if he hadn't fed the Nazis. They were on their last legs, and then he was like, <laughs> they anybody... were... "He's like, I'm not going to finish this." They're all sitting in the mess hall. They're rubbing their tummies. Ooh, we're so hungry. <laughs> we should just give up now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but yes, he fled the Nazis, which you can see a lot of that in the film. I thought that was interesting. Huh, Anyhow, that. Kit, Andrew, it's yeah. been a long time since I've seen us all together like this, and it warms my heart. It's nice. Uh, happy Shocktober, everybody. Oh, and such a great Shocktober it has been. It has been, though. Yeah, it's been an interesting Shocktober. Um, all right. Well, Kit, uh, do you want to tell us why you picked this one? Or have, uh, have you seen this one before? I have not seen it before. Um, I kind of like when we pick... Like, or at least somebody picks a, like, I think we've done a 40s movie for, like, all of the Shocktobers mm-hmm. yeah. so far, maybe. The, the Uninvited. Mm-hmm. Um, the one with the, the scary lodger. murder guy. The Lodger. The yeah. Lodger, that's right, yeah. I feel yeah. like we're going to run out soon. I mean, we actually really haven't yet found one that was, like, truly really scary or anything i feel well, like maybe going to going to the, the 30s would help the innocence yeah. had had like legit a couple of like really oh, yeah. good right scares. but that was like the 60s that was that's true what about that what about the the haunting that's got like that one really good scare i think you know yeah so i was confused i think the haunting and the spiral staircase are the two that i always confuse because it's like i've seen both i had seen both i have seen this before but i didn't really remember any of this but Anyways, yeah, a lot of the '40s stuff, the big, the old dark house kind of stuff, does run together. But uh, I bet we could find something spooky, from, like something that would. Yeah, this, know, this 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 had a couple unsettling. had. I didn't think this movie was scary. This movie definitely did have. It had some. It had some some good spook factor. I thought. Yeah. Occasionally, it's definitely, it's got uh, style for sure. Like it, it's the it looks nice and spooky. But I wouldn't say that I was necessarily like. But it also it does that the thing that it does that thing that the lodger did where it will kind of go back and forth between yes a cooler more stylized scene that you're like wow that's really pretty and then just like boring like play I yeah <laughs> lighting. Right. I, I yeah. definitely agree and I, I will say that like up until between like the first the the open and then like when we finally actually see the, st- the spiral staircase and go into the 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 cellar or whatever um i was i was like walk- looking at the lighting and stuff and i was like man this would be so much better if just like the shadows were deeper and harsher <laughs> and then like finally they go into like you mm-hmm. know the the titular um spiral staircase and it's like oh this is great this is what this whole movie should look like or yeah, at least the, the, some approximation of it. The last twenty minutes, the visuals really kicked up a notch. For mm-hmm. sure. This and I guess have you guys seen other Sod Mac movies? No, I've never heard mm-hmm. of them. Okay. What's His that? movies all what's what happened? Oh. Um all the ones I've seen of his like look excellent. Like he's really, really good with black and white photography. Um and so like uh I watched one earlier this year. I think he did The Phantom Lady, which I watched earlier this year. He did Crisscross mm-hmm. with Burt he Lancaster, did. which is really good. Um, but anyways, yeah, he's, I, I also, think he's like one of the big ones. So, sorry. I also kind of picked this because like looking at it and you there's a lot of really cool like spiral staircase imagery when you look yeah. at this. And then there's yeah. like not that much in the movie. 
<laughs> in the movie. <laughs> I kind of forgot until like I kind of forgot like, oh, yeah, this is called the spiral staircase. Like, where's the fucking staircase? <laughs> kind of like, yeah. Well, and it's confusing because the staircase in the front hall is just a staircase. So you right. are like initially like, he's like, well, that's not a spiral staircase. I paid for a spiral staircase. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. And although so I watched we watched it last night and it's been a long couple of weeks so i was just extremely tired last night Mm -hmm. uh but then i watched it again before we recorded just on like like triple speed just like flashing through it Uh and it really like when i watched it like that the images really as they flash by it like did strike me more of like it's like this is all very well composed like you know um but in terms of like the spooky like perfect looking black and white and the lighting and stuff that really is kind of all held off till pretty late although there's some of the stuff like outside like early yeah. in the movie when they're out, out in the rain and stuff. Yeah, it looks that really was nice. cool. So, so you're saying you had to turn it on to Lego movie speed in order to really get the <laughs> yes. most out of it. To, to get the, yeah. I mean, I watched it on normal speed, but then when I, I rewatched it to refresh my memory today, that's, I watched it on like basically fast forward and, uh, um, yeah. but yeah, it struck me more probably just cause it was changing there's, so quickly. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's really good. Um, I kind of jotted down some of the, some of the images that I thought were exceptional. Um, I think all of the deaths, maybe except for the the final death, you know, where she shoots the guy, it's kind of lame looking, uh, or at least his like recoiling from the right. six, from six bullets don't that we never see touch him. In, invisible bullets, <laughs> yeah, the invisible bullets. Um, but like the the first kind of like strangulation where it's just like hands above the frame that are crisscrossed, it's like not like a a very like it's just a very an abstraction it's just i don't know what he did i don't either and i don't know if i need to i just like i got that something horrible was happening and then and and i think just like putting it in putting somebody in an unnatural pose is like kind of enough um i don't know i thought that was i thought that was really cool and creative and then um there's a there's a great um, oh there's a shot of her the the de- the the mute lady when she's like she's like walking outside and and yeah. dragging a stick along the wrought iron fence and I thought that was like one of my favorite shots in the whole movie it's just gorgeous um, oh the there's one there's and that, it was inside uh, wasn't it wasn't it like a soundstage oh it had to be. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you it was. You could kind of tell it, they were like throwing leaves around, but it was like it had a lot of depth. It looked not ton of really, depth really and, cool. And, and yeah, they actually, I mean, <clears throat> probably partially out of necessity and also because it looked awesome, but just like it's it's very dark, um, which is great. And then, um, oh, I love the the strangulation of the girl in the cellar, and yeah. it's the shadow. It's just just her hands trying to hold on to either side of the furnace or whatever. Um, that was awesome. And then just like a, a flash of a figure that just kind of like, I don't know, like leaps onto her like a, like a xenomorph or something. I thought that was really striking and very cool looking. Um, yeah. And then that whole like basement cellar area was like just perfect to me. Just yeah. perfect. Like every single frame down there, I would have, you, you could print, I think, and put it on your wall. I liked, uh, I thought Dorothy McGuire was pretty good. It's a role where you, it's kind of hard because you can't talk. I thought she was fucking amazing. I've yeah. only seen her in like, you know, like Old Yeller and Swiss Family Robinson and stuff like that. Yeah. I just immediately that character has first of all, it was weird. It was like how quickly I completely bought into her as like a mute woman as opposed yeah. to like I don't know, someone really excited to pretend to be mute in a movie, you know what I mean? Right. Um and she just had so much like when she picks up the stick and she's dragging it along the fence. I thought it was really cool that she I mean, you know, the movie is tough at times when they're like, oh, he only kills fucked up girls. You know, <laughs> like, like it's really it's kind of like, oh, that's a bummer. Um, yeah. But she was not like um, a weakling. She had a lot of personality and a lot of kind of spunk. And Mm -hmm. like willfulness about her, even though she's like, you know, I would think that the temptation would be like, oh, this poor girl. But she was like very 
she's very cool and has like a seems to have like a pretty like rich inner life like right from the beginning um and kind of seems smarter than everybody she's surrounded by i thought i thought she was awesome and i'll also say i mean i you know i i enjoyed this movie fine it was like an hour and 20 minutes it's, it's not long it looks cool i thought like i thought like elsa lanchester and dorothy mcguire and ethel barrymore were all really good and like mm -hmm. fun to watch mm -hmm. um like elsa lanchester's just like crazy and it's just fun to watch her do stuff um and then i thought Elsa ethel barrymore was actually like very good i think she was like nominated for an oscar or something for this which mm -hmm. is crazy but she is good you can tell she's like i think you can tell she's the best actor in the <laughs> in the movie like very easily but also like but yeah i wasn't like gripped by this film or anything but at the at the end i i loved how it ended the ending that, that it that it ends with her on the phone instead of like flashing forward to her like happy with the doctor i was and, worried about that that's what i yeah. thought they were gonna do and when it when she's just like I'm going to start crying now when she's just saying the numbers. I just out of nowhere started bawling. <laughs> like, and I truly did not think I was that like invested in the film, but it, mm -hmm. it really got me when she finally, you know, is talking and then she's like, you know, it's me. Like, yeah, yeah. I can tell you really good. I can tell you that the moment I started to give a shit was when she's having that like dream fantasy thing about her mm -hmm. wedding day. And at first I was like, what God, is this? I, what is this? I hate it. Take, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm so exhausted by this, like them forcing this stupid love story into this movie. Um, but getting to that, that fear um, I thought was, it, it got extremely chilling to me. And I just mm -hmm. like, I, like that anxiety felt very, very real to me. Yes. Just like, totally. Um, like, um, uh, I think I have this thing with my, with my eyes where like they're, they don't totally like always move together. And like with a person that I know, I don't give a shit. But like when I go and talk to strangers, sometimes I have trouble making eye contact. Um, it's not like a significant thing or even a disability at all. And I could probably get it fixed, but my optometrist says it'd be really painful. Um, anyway, Ugh. I digress. Uh, but I think about that. Like, I think about like, what if I try to go talk to somebody and, you know, and they, and they just like, and I could and and what if I'm able to tell that they can see that my eyes hmm. are like slightly off, you know, which is obviously what a if? far cry from what she experiences, but it's just like the, the, what if, the thing that I think is wrong with me is like noticed by somebody. Um, mm -hmm. It's like, it's, it's scary. Um, yeah. What if so. the person you're talking to is a serial killer who only kills? Criminals? Yeah. <laughs> so funny. So fucking dumb. <laughs> and isn't the thing that he like tried, he had tried to kill her before, right? That's how she lost her voice. Isn't that yeah, the thing? So yes, I think what we find out is that Ethel Barrymore had previously protect because they talk about that part where like when you were a girl, um, mm -hmm. I think it was at that house, right? Is what yeah. she says. Like, yeah, yeah, that he tried to kill her there and that that's what damaged her voice or traumatized her to the point where she couldn't speak. Yeah. I guess, you know, which I thought that was weird too. Like we watched the movie. One of the movies Andrew and I watched was about it's Jennifer Jason Lee plays a character who has been traumatized as a child and can't, uh, oh, yeah. she can't see or speak. Yeah, or she can hear though, right? Uh, yes, she she can. She hear. can hear. I think. I, yeah, I think. But anyways, yeah. So I was like, oh, that's a weird connection. Anyway, so yes, I believe that that was the. They explained that at one point. Although I guess I could be remembering incorrectly because, like I said, I was really like, I was really tired yesterday. But um, but yeah, I think she tells her that at one point that and that that it was <clears throat> that it was him, uh, her stepson. I guess yeah. is what the guy with the brown hair was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but, um, yeah. 
but yeah, like I, I thought, I, so I thought that it it really kind of kicked into gear there with the whole like mute thing, and I, I mean, she was good throughout, but like I really was just like not into the the the, the like love story with the doctor and um, all the you know. all the guys. Like, first of all, <laughs> there's like three doctors and like yeah. two of the like the perf- the bad guy and the boyfriend look very similar it's like yeah. george brent right is one of yeah. them and he yeah. i thought he was very bad now is he the like is he the ton younger of brother Betty davis movies he's he the, the older doctor? he's the bad guy okay yes got it yeah must must i didn't i didn't really like him i mean he's in like a lot of betty davis movies so i'm like okay see and i didn't even bad in that. those um but yeah i just thought a lot of them the the boy characters were and in some ways like i was almost wondering if some kind of point was being made with that because like the the youngest brother is i know the mom at the end or the step his mom is like he only did it when which is that is very fucked up to only kill when your little brother is in town so that people assume it's him that's very nice touch but when the mom's like i thought it was you he made me think it was you but then like that guy's still a huge piece of shit like oh yeah he's an asshole five minutes of screen time earlier he literally said i like to see women cry yeah Yeah. he's like he's a shocking line he's a super creepy dick yeah and then the doc the her doctor boyfriend i did i liked how she played how happy she was like i just i really liked her performance and i liked how she played being in love it was cute but he was like kind of i don't know she deserved better yeah Um, he's a a loser i thought and then the villain i didn't think that he just wasn't interesting and i feel no. like i knew from the beginning that he was the bad guy but like not because he was doing anything interesting with his performance um just because he wasn't like overtly a dick as much as like, right the I th- yeah they're yeah. they, they were making me they're making us uh they were suggesting the younger brother too much i think yeah right and then as soon as he gets locked in the cellar you're like well we know yeah. you there's basically two ways this could go now yeah um well, but it's also like, why do you think, why, if he didn't do it, why was he telling, I mean, is there really an innocent explanation for why he was telling Helen, like, don't tell anyone? <laughs> like, is it because he just had a fight with her and he assumed they would think it was him? Or is he like protecting his serial killer brother? Like, why would he not call the police in that situation? Right. There's, there's a lot of that, um, where that kind of drives me nuts about this movie like the 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 characters in this movie are not isolated enough for this story to like really work for me um it's like they're in this rainstorm which is enough like make make it a a terrible storm and nobody can go anywhere it's like 1906 yeah like (laughs) but people are coming and going all fucking night the fucking door uh somebody's at the door like four times well, and it's and, and it's just like there we we're pretty sure we're all pretty sure there's a fucking murderer in the house. Um, and it's really weird that they were like, well, first of all, they never had anyone realize that the murder was in the house, really. Which I yeah. think would have been fun to kind of like pick up on a clue that like, oh, so I mean, I know she like Elsa Lanter's like, oh, this window's been open, you know, like, but like yeah. there wasn't like a. They didn't see like they thought that someone was coming from her, but not that it was coming from inside the house. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. they they also like I thought it was so lame how the boyfriend doctor, he's mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry, this kid's really sick. I can't come back from you. It's like you've already established a storm like just like like just have it be that he can't get back as opposed to he's like. I that know that so I think you're going to get murdered, but you're, but I have to take care of this sick kid. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like the, the severity of the rainstorm is like super intense. I mean, I <coughs> laughed my ass off the, the two times they showed somebody get in a car during that storm. And it's just like a ye old time steam car. It's like a Model like, T. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like before that. There's like no fucking windshield. It's just a, yeah. It's just like a skeleton of a car with a, with a, pe- with a blanket for a roof. 
Um, and it's just like the thing is completely soaked. There's fucking tree branches just like flying around inside of it. Uh, it's like it's I did such like an when she image. was. I did like when she was trying to get that guy's attention, though. Like how so great, how it. violent it got. Like, like yeah. I love to see like a woman in the forties throw like a face through a window. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like that was that was sick. That was cool. I, I thought that was really cool, and um, and and I bought it too. You know, like yeah. I bought like it's it's cool. Like just the sound design and the and the picture of the of the um of the gate kind of slapping against the thing. And, you know, I, I, I absolutely believe that that dude wouldn't hear that shit. And I think she was great also at making you believe, like making you not go, well, just fucking scream, bitch. Yeah. Like I agree. you are there yeah. with her in the like, Oh no, yeah. but she can't talk. <laughs> yeah. She's like, she's like desperate trying to make, um, uh, you know, the, 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 the right level of noise or whatever. But like it, when you're in like a situation where you have to do a thing right then, it's like it's hard to come up with like yes. the optimal way to do it, and so yeah. it like it totally makes sense to me that she's like kind of you know doing sort of the not the stupidest thing, but just like a, a big nothing until mm-hmm. it's like okay, my brain is working enough to where I can actually break the the loudest thing here, which is this glass window, which still doesn't mm-hmm. do it. Um, yeah, I love that scene. I thought it was great. I was really mad when she left the room. I was mad for a yeah, I was mad at that. I was mad at a lot of the just like running around the house she did in the last 10 minutes of the movie. It's just like just fucking hide somewhere, lady. Or... But I wonder if that's what it would be like. Like I thought it was it was interesting because it's like, well, if I was in that situation, would I be like just stay with Ethel Barrymore cuz like he's not going to kill you. I know she's like sick and asleep, but he's not going to kill you in front of her. And there's a gun somewhere in here, probably. Um, so it was, but then I'm like, well, maybe I would be like, but maybe I can get out if I just like, you know, run. <laughs> like it's dark. I thought the weirder thing was that part where he's like just standing there looking at the door. Yeah. There's this kind of long shot of him just being like, but like, <laughs> like, cause she's gone behind that door. And I don't know if the implication, if there's some kind of like, my stepmom's in there kind of like, Mm-hmm. You know, he's a big psycho like he's a freak. We don't know exactly what his freak problem <laughs> is, yeah. I think. But he is a big weirdo. And I'm like, maybe that's supposed to be like he's scared of his mom or I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, they don't really they don't really go into it. And, I, you know, I don't know if it's just like the people writing this movie just don't. Un- you know, there's just not enough of uh criminology out there for uh them to like put into a compelling character yeah it has, we it has something to do with like like because this is during the this is code right this is like so there's like certain things yeah. that they can and can't do yeah so but what yeah, did, what know. was he a professor of did they say no fucking I don't clue remember. I don't even if remember them saying that. he was a professor but like um he definitely well, looks like me neither but I read and... that he's a professor got it got it but I don't know what he's a professor of. And I don't because I thought like you kind of was just assume that they'll be like he's a he helps disabled people or he just studies a like professor. He me or like he studies I don't know, evolution or something and he's kind <laughs> of like a eugenicist or something. Like I thought there yeah. would be some kind of connection of like his beliefs or backstory to like why he would target i thought the (laughs) that said the mouth thing was fucking cool that was the like where she has no mouth yes i I thought that that was a really i was not expecting something like that in this movie yeah and then when he says the good part of his kind of heel turn i think is when he says you were looking in the mirror earlier you had no mouth um like that that was kind of a creepy indication of his <laughs> yeah psychosis or whatever. I just wish I knew a little bit more about like what his whole deal was. Like I didn't understand like so I thought that that was like she was just seeing that in herself. But I, then how would he have known? But I like, think I think that's the creepy part is that's that what, okay. is that there's some sort of like connection there. Okay. Like like he understands her on like a sort of 
different, you know, on, on sort of her level to some degree. And he's just, but from like the most perverse angle or something like that. Well, and, and when we were seeing that shot of her with no mouth, it melds into his eye. Yeah. Like, and then like fades away. So it's kind of like implied that it's him, but also like, I agree. It's like, obviously she's, it's possibly her vision. I mean, I like, I like stuff like that in a kind of spooky house movie, like where, like just Ethel Barrymore, like there are certain elements of what Ethel Barrymore is saying that like, okay, yeah, this is because she kind of witnessed this or suspected it of her stepson or whatever. But like, also she's like, it's all mixed up and it basically is like, she's having premonitions (laughs) And right. it's not really explained, but, like, I think that does add to, like, the creepiness. And, like, thinking also about, because obviously, like, it seems like Helen, I mean, Ethel Bar- Barrymore is horrible, but, like, Helen kind of loves her, it seems like, and mm-hmm. has, like, a genuine soft spot for her. And, like, the kind of mix of, well, there is a serial killer on the loose, he is targeting, like, um women with like disabilities um this old woman is like dying and losing her mind Mm -hmm. and constantly telling you like you're gonna die if you stay here (laughs) and like just like how like okay how do we navigate this like what do i do in this situation like there's something it's very um i think believable that she she's not leaving like she like you're like very few people would i think in that situation of a crazy old lady even with a known serial killer on the loose targeting your kind telling you you're gonna die tonight you wouldn't you would be like huh that sucks but i'm not gonna like quit my job or you know or something yeah i think it would have worked for me if i'd felt that there was like an acknowledgement of that attitude <coughs> towards her language, tor- you know, it just felt like something was missing from that interaction. It felt like I didn't, I felt like I didn't understand kind of what you're telling me now, essentially from just, I don't know, the acting or it, maybe I just needed like a reaction shot, you know, rolling her eyes or, or smiling. I don't know. Just give me something. Um, it, it to me I'm like I'm watching this movie and like as it as it's ramping up I'm like I do not understand why you have why why people why is everybody here why won't people leave um, I had a hard time with the house like I think because it started in like the movie theater slash boarding mm-hmm. house possibly mm-hmm. I don't know theater but it was like I thought was that the same house no no okay so no. then. That confused me. Yeah, she was out of the Because then it moves theater. into a very similar That house. was, like, in town. And then right. the doctor drives her to her job, which is, like, out of town. That's right. Okay. Uh, yeah. I also... I also they, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, once they get to the house, there's, like, there's the office on one side. There's the kitchen on one side. There's kind of a back room type of... Like, I just had a very hard time, like, orienting myself in yes. the house or in the, in the space. But I, I don't know. A, I assume it was a set. Maybe it was a... Big location. Be. I don't know. I think, it was I think a it's a set because when they're fighting on the stairs, it feels very setty. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, but there was, I think there was one, the part where the brothers are fighting and she goes to like clear dishes from the dining table. I felt like that was the point where I was like, okay, this is giving house. You know? <laughs> like this, I'm feeling like I'm getting a sense of space. And also that is a way of playing with like, if you're going to have a, a haunted house movie, I mean, obviously it's important to understand the layout of the house if it's a, if it's a haunted house movie. Mm-hmm. But also when there's like all these chances for her to like, it just felt more like that scene was using the domestic location to its advantage of like, oh, she's like overhearing things yeah. as a domestic worker, like that, you know, add to the, intrigue and like tension and and stuff and like that's i thought that was like a good a good scene and it would be good probably i mean even and that scene also leads into 
she goes from there to take things into the kitchen and that was one of the moments where you could tell like okay the kitchen is very clearly like a different kind of space from like these other spaces but like that was sort of I agree like the rest of the time first of all it didn't really feel like we saw enough of the house like especially I mean it's hard not to compare this to like the innocence I think where there's so much of just like Deborah Carr like wandering corridors Mm -hmm. and stuff yeah um they didn't like maximize the spook potential of like a a big old house I think for this yeah until kind of like the end you start to get it and the cellar is very good yes Uh, but it doesn't all connect I forgot we even watched the Innocence because uh, that was last. Wasn't that last Shocktober? It yeah. wasn't Shocktober. It was a. Uh, oh right, because we did oh, like dresses. Ladies we in ba- white dresses. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. We did like six scary movies in a row, basically last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, but, but it was a cool house. I thought the the set or whatever. I assume it was not a location. So I thought the set was really cool. But then, yeah, yeah, I agree with what Kid's saying that like you don't really feel like you're established there, and then they didn't like milk it for like spooky goodness. So, mm-hmm. which it's like, it's so like those old. Ha- I mean, I guess it's kind of like uh, maybe they're too close to it, but it's just like man, looking looking at that space with twenty twenty three eyes, I'm like, man, that is that shit is ripe, and it's <laughs> yeah. like, and they're, and they're just not doing it, and it's driving me nuts. Yeah, I feel like it would be interesting. Like, I mean, Andrew, you probably you already know something about this, but like, when I see like, okay, a house that is sort of like inherently spooky, like even my house that I'm in now, there's some inherent spookiness to it, just because mm-hmm. it's like over a hundred years old, and the way that they light, <laughs> like some of the like dialogue scenes, just like, could they literally just kind of like not do it darker (laughs) i know i i think it's i think it's i think it's like you know the sort of i mean this is post citizen kane yeah that's true same year yeah that is true this is this is that was 41 this is several years it just feels like there's like some sort of like common practices at the time that just like you know the, the language of cinema is sort of you know new at that time and it just yeah. it just it's like, it's like but, certain... i mean we know that sodmac can can do i mean when you see the end mm-hmm. it's like okay he could he could have done the whole thing spooky but maybe i mean it's like the lodger like like there's scenes where like those two doctors are just like chatting with each other yeah, yeah. you know and so and it's like it's just like the, our our conception of like a scary movie is probably just like yeah, we have we have 80 years of genre where it's like yeah. that would be the expectation. Whereas back then it would be like, yeah, just here's some dudes chatting. And then that, now it's going to get spooky for this section. folks. But it's right. interesting but. because like if you watch like um, Black Christmas, it's like the same thing where it's like going back and forth between. It's just weird that like obviously in that kind of time or just like Bob Clark being good at what he does, like they figured out that like, oh, the scenes where people are just jawing and actually happy can also add to how scary everything is yeah if you yeah, like juxtapose sure. it with like a guy clearly watching them or something like it's it's yeah. strange it's interesting and like i don't blame them and it's like you know counterfactual to be like well why didn't they just make this like a modern horror movie but like it's it's interesting to see them like figuring it out and it sort of yeah. does feel like oh they felt like they had to go back and forth between like a scary scene and just like <laughs> people kissing or or talking or whatever and it's weird because those are the same elements of like that like horror films also like you know a lot of horror films will be like here's like a sexy scene in the middle of this you know (laughs) um but like i don't it's just like not all all the pieces aren't like together (laughs) yeah uh should i just kind of i got i have a bunch of notes should i kind of yeah what else you got sure okay cool um so i thought the when they introduced the bulldog that's the best part of the movie yeah he was cool uh just like when she trips over him and he's just like laying flat like a like a tiger rug or something or a bear skin now, rug. i love that dog i had a i have a question about that okay okay i agree like you don't need an excuse to put a dog in the movie yeah but i thought that i for real thought that the implication 
when I, of that scene was that it wasn't the dog that like she got hit on the head by the guy. Oh. And then blamed it on the dog. Oh, maybe it um, was. Maybe it was. I don't know because I thought cuz like there's no payoff to the dog, right? Uh no there is. The payoff to the dog is that he's in the movie and you get to look at him. But it was weird because there was also, do you remember, like, there's also the moment in Ethel Barrymore's room where Helen kind of trips over the tiger head rug. That's true. Um, yeah. Which I'm like, what is, what? What is that? What? I just fully was like, oh, they're setting something up here. And then it was like, I don't know, the director's dog or something. Yeah. People just, <laughs> like, people just trip in this movie. I don't know. That's, that is yeah. weird. That is weird. Um, good, good call out. Um, Oh, I, I got a good note. Uh, this, the the when they're having that conversation by the fish tank and they do the shot reverse shot, uh, I thought that was really cool. Just because it feels like it's it's a little like it doesn't quite fit the movie because the movie's not really shooting that way. Um, but it's it's cool to see like them trying something. Uh, just like all of a sudden the camera's looking at somebody's back, which is just like so weird for a movie from this era and a movie Mm -hmm. that doesn't really do that for the rest of its runtime. So I don't know if it necessarily fits in the movie, but I thought, cool, somebody's trying something. Um, I said the dog is the best actor in the movie, which is true. Oh, gotta have musical numbers. Gotta have them. Uh, Just anytime, just the singing and it's, it's, it's just, it feels so perfunctory. I'm, I'm, I was, I was not into it. (laughs) <laughs> um, they're super fucking mean to that nurse and I'm not really I sure know what is up yeah. with that he's like the dudes who's just like she looks like a man the lady who's like you're not good for anything go well, stand in the hallway <laughs> it, it seemed like maybe the same kind of clunky setup they were doing with the younger brother maybe where they were like well this lady sure has motive but like we know a man's doing this yeah for sure so, so <laughs> like I don't know. I, I, I truly. I mean, she's like short and stout. She's like Mrs. Teapot. Like, like there's just no way. Well, do you think that like, I kind of wondered if like Ethel Barrymore would later be like, yeah. And she was part of like, <coughs> yeah. That something about the, like the suspicions of her stepson had to do with like why she was mean to this woman. <sighs> Yeah, um, I don't. I don't know. It was no. Or did it for want that. her in the room? Yeah, that's. It's very weird that that didn't. I mean, at the same time, it's like old people who are dying are often extremely mean <laughs> for sure. no reason. I felt true. like it did. It did give. Like it felt. It rang true to. Yeah. You know experiences I'm familiar with, but it didn't seem to have any story point. Yeah, I didn't. I, yeah, I, and I totally forgot about it. I, I I didn't get it. It was a whole thread that just felt like needless runtime. Um, I think if this movie had been like fifty minutes long, it would have been really really good. Yeah. Um, I thought. I mean, I I do like this movie. Um, yeah. In the I end, think I it doesn't add it, up to like a perfect movie. No. And I guess I am. I think other than the fact that it's a Seod Mac film. I don't think it would be carried on like the way it has, like, cause it, it, people still talk about it and it's still kind of on, like, if you look at lists of like, you know, classic horror films that aren't just the universal monster movies, like it's usually pops up on there. Mm-hmm. Um, That's how but, I, I mean, I, I started by just looking like at scariest movies from the forties. Right. Yeah. And that was so on I, a bunch of them. Yeah. I think it's, it's probably maybe, I don't, I don't know. I think it's it lives on for, you know, not because it's like a perfect movie mm-hmm. necessarily, but just because it's got some good stuff in it and it has some good credential. Like it has good casts and uh, crew and things like that. Um, I, I feel yeah. like it's worth watching. For me, the the best part about it was her performance. And yeah. like I, mean, I said, the end got me. So <laughs> Right. Yeah, and then the whole I do thing, like you, I think one of you had just said, like mm-hmm. that whole wedding scene seemed very odd, and then it gets to like because it didn't occur to me like that's where it was going that she can't say I do, and then it gets there and I was like, oh wow, that was actually kind of like 
that's a good scene. It feels weird in a horror movie, um, but I think it. Yeah. yeah, I think it. I think it. It. I think it fits. I think it works. Um, I, I did. It felt. I felt odd at first, but then yeah, yeah, I think yeah. It justified itself. But I don't know. What was I? Oh, and I yeah, like so. I mean, the movie's only eighty some minutes, and so I was like, yeah, you know, you probably could trim it down into a nice tight, you know. Uh, more perfect like little movie and stuff but it's like as it is it's like i like i like how some of the old, like when i was in college i watched this i watched a lot of horror movies from like the 30s and 40s and there is just a lot of like leg room in those movies that's kind of nice mm-hmm. um i guess actually watching these movies when you're exhausted is very nice <laughs> like uh i in college like between freshman and sophomore year I worked as uh, a night stalker at Target, and so I had to get Whoa, there. Whoa, dude! Whoa! <laughs> they the called night it Night Stalker. Yeah, that is nuts. Yeah. That you is should okay, nuts. Mike. If you inevitably write like a memoir about all the <laughs> fucking strange jobs you chose to have, it should be called like the Night Stalker mm-hmm. and other jobs or something. Oh, like, that. like yeah. stalking yeah. shelves. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Oh my god. I could only But also like cuz Mike is a big creep. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, I mean it was a fun job, but I had to be there at 4, so I had to get up at at least by at least 3:30. The which, number of jobs like, you chose that were like, "Oh, and I couldn't sleep." Right. <laughs> like, ever. Well, yeah, and then there was the overnight at the hotel. Although, I mean, when I got to Portland, it wasn't like I cho- chose any of that. <laughs> it was the international economy collapse. <laughs> um, oh my. Anyways, Target was a choice. <laughs> Um, but uh, I think you worked enough night shifts that it's like you liked it. I liked I actually I mean, yeah. working the night shift at the hotel was very nice because you didn't have to see people and you got a lot of time to just kind of to just hang out. But I prefer daylight hours. Um, so but anyways, <laughs> that summer when I was I was doing that, I was a nanny and I was also a waiter at a retirement home. And so, like, I would get these little packs of universal like they packaged like all the mummy movies in one DVD set. Mm-hmm. And so there was like five mummy movies and then there was five <laughs> Wolfman movies and there was five Dracula movies or whatever. And they were all from the thirties and forties, but like, I would just watch, I would get them at the library and just watch them. And like all of the, I mean, obviously, you know, Dracula and the Wolfman and, you know, <clears throat> the, the creature from the black lagoon. They're very good. But then all the sequels, what he's called him the wolf man, the wolf man. <laughs> That's the wolf man. man. Yeah, it's 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 wolf is the word. There's an L in there. Oh, wolf. That's yeah, right. The wolf man. I forgot that. The, the wolf man is his much smaller younger brother. The wolf man. Yeah, he hasn't quite. His fangs haven't come in yet. Yeah, he's getting there. Yeah, that was the fourth film in the in the series. <laughs> um, but yeah, like there's you know, uh, just there's a lot of like kind of dead time in the movies, but the whole. I don't know if it's like the music in those or just the atmosphere or the fact that when I was 20 watching a movie that was that old was kind of unique. Like I didn't, I hadn't watched a lot of movies from the thirties and forties at that age. Sure. I, I still haven't seen like a ton. Um, but, but yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like this was one I watched it in college and I, what I remembered fondly about it was just kind of like the, which this is another Mike ism, but like the house is cool. Like you're kind of just hanging out in this house. Mm-hmm. Um, and all that, but it, it's also interesting too. Like all of these old movies, like from the thirties through the fifties, I mean, God, I mean beyond, but it's always like, it's like, well, I'm a professor at the local college and I'm a doctor <laughs> and I'm a scientist. Yeah, of course. Like that yeah. Kind of thing. yeah. So there's, it's just like these like little stock, these little tropes. Then you just kind of watch them circle their way in and out of all the, the movies you're watching. They all just blend together. But, but, but yeah, as far as like, is this a standout? Like this is not the innocence uh or even the haunting or uh, no. you know that kind of a thing no, but it's like not. yeah i think it's solid for what it is yeah it's got it's got merit but, um yeah. anyways that wasn't necessarily disagreeing with anybody yeah know. yeah I, I overall liked it i didn't think i was liking it and then i got to the end and was pretty satisfied um yeah. oh i like the line the only thing that keeps me from clocking you is the almost certainty that I would break your neck. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. That was, uh, that was, was good it install. was so weird though. Like, I don't know. I guess that it just was funny because like the, the doctor boyfriend 
in the end, which I think is good. I like that, like, she, I mean, sorry to be a cliche. I like that she saves herself. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. she, well, or uh, Ethel Barrymore helps. But, like, she, she has to, like, break through this on her own. Yeah. It's funny that, like, you have that scene of just, like, guys, like, big dicking each other. And then, like, boyfriend's not even around. <laughs> for, right. Like, the climax of the movie. It was just, it's just... The, it makes those kinds of asides so much weirder in retrospect. Like, mm-hmm. why we were seeing this? This character didn't even do anything. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah. yeah. A lot of. That's not even a red herring, but a lot of stuff like that. Where I feel like the, a lot of those. You talk about the nurse. A lot of those characters are present just so you can, like, wonder about them. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Well, and that's a scene where, like, the, the guy who ends up being the bad guy is kind of being the reasonable, yeah. like one so it's like oh well it couldn't be him he was cool in that fight they were having but yeah. it's like <laughs> maybe back in the 40s people were like holy shit but he <laughs> was nice before <laughs> like i don't know i think i think they they needed to know <laughs> sooner that a killer was in the house i think yeah i mean that was that was a really good thread that what you're right was dropped and it that didn't even occur to me as i'm watching the movie but like yeah like somebody has snuck into the house right there's a big rainstorm going on that's a very that's a cool and it's a big it's a big house you know right so So, but i think that's part of the problem is someone had not snuck into the house it was the guy's house so it's like well yeah well we don't know that that, maybe we think someone has snuck in and that's or he's setting maybe he's setting up like what would be cool is if he okay he should have been setting up elsa lanchester's husband yeah as like the murderer or something because he's like a poor or whatever like that like something yeah there should have been or i mean we all like black christmas quite a bit and that's spoiler alert uh for anybody i mean i don't know if there's even yeah a point of tension in black christmas but like there's just somebody in the house yes i mean yes that is the better way to go honestly so that's creepy Um, yeah. Just, if, and if it had been no men, if it had just been the women in the house, we know that this maniac is on the loose killing cripples. Uh, and like, and, and I mean, Elsa Lanchester's character, or not, uh, uh, Ethel Barrymore's character, character was sick. Um, Dorothy McGuire's character was sick. And you could even say uh, Elsa Why? Lanchester's character. She was, right. you know, a few too many nips. Maybe she would qualify as uh, uh, alcoholic or, you yeah. know, the, the Nazi doctor would get her as well. But anyways, um, yeah, interesting to think about. Um, what else did I have? I had one more note. Nope. That's it. I was going to say there was one thing I thought of that will mean nothing to either of you. And since we don't have any listeners, it would also oh. it would mean nothing in general. Mm hmm. Oh, there's a there's a movie from the 80s called superstition mm-hmm. and this house particularly the basement reminded me like a lot of it to the point where i was like maybe this is a location and it was used in both movies but it wasn't so um but it's a good movie i'm i'm gonna check it out i'm pulling it up it's good yeah see if i can um i was gonna here. say i did i did remember what i wanted to say um okay the i thought when uh when the old lady shoots down guns down her stepson i thought that was pretty rad and i mm-hmm. love how she says murderer i think that's such a great yeah it's excellent and then it's completely ruined by uh her whole like spiel about suspecting him and feeling guilty about it's just like i i don't need any of this i just I want you to say the word murderer and for that to be the last thing you say because you do kind of like um, I know she's like his stepmom, mm-hmm. I guess, but like it's pretty hardcore the way she oh, just yeah. like it's not she just sh- she just shoots him like sure. yeah I mean the sh- the the way that the gunshot goes is like hilarious because it's like so clearly there's nothing yeah but like you're like dude like <laughs> let him I don't know try it's just like she's I mean I yeah so that was pretty gnarly and then yeah like the murderer thing was really cool and then it's just like i don't know she swoons or whatever it's like all right whatever i gotta listen (laughs) i gotta listen to a whole just a whole uh novel of of explanation Mm -hmm. and it's just it's point it's pointless doesn't do anything 
Uh, mm-hmm. This poster is amazing, Mike. It's a cool yeah, poster. Cool. The poster is much better than the film, just so you know. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a fine movie, but the, the poster is pretty rad. But, uh, okay. Well, thank you. Oh, time for the cruise minute, as a matter of fact. Dibs. I heard, uh, I got some news that was exclusive to me uh, that thanks to an insurance settlement, okay. um, Mission Impossible uh, Dead Reckoning Part 1 was less of a flop and was probably financially a viable film uh, thanks to a $70 million insurance settlement from Chubb, yep. the insurance company. Uh, so Kit did not send me that article. That was something that I learned on my own while I read the internet today. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow, cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's... I it, it obviously doesn't really mean anything for the next one other than, I guess, promotional budget, potentially. Yeah. I just think it was Barbenheimer. Like, Barbenheimer sunk Mission Impossible. I think people wanted to see it. They just... I don't think so. Really? I honestly think... I think we're done with splitting movies in two. Yeah, that could be part of it. I think that the, I think that I, I guess my hope kind of, but there have been things on the wind suggesting this. I think audiences are kind of sick of knowing that, especially when you're in an environment where like more than ever, like we could just watch it at home. Like, why don't I just wait till both parts of Dune are out and watch them at home? You know, like knowing you're going, knowing going into a movie that you're only getting half of the movie is people don't like that. No, I even though I think I like it. I don't think it's I don't like that Mich- that Mission Impossible did that even though I think they've like earned the right narratively to do that if they want to more yeah. so than lots of other things that get split in half. Yeah, I think, um, and I kind of hope that like well, at least I hope the lesson that studios take is like oh that's why even if they're wrong and then they stop doing that. I think it'd be sick if if they had to do that if there was some way we could pass a law, uh, the breaking of which was punishable by death, um, where if you're going to do that, the movie has, the second part has to come out like, I don't know, 60 days or 90 days after the first part comes out. Yes. Because when when you, when you, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people don't like rewatch movies all the time. Right. So it's like really frustrating for somebody, I'm sure that they saw half of Mission Impossible and then they're going to go back a year later and they're going to be like, wait, who's that? What's that? What's happening? Um, and that's, I think that's very frustrating. I just, I just don't think it's, it's a, um, I don't think it's a viable storytelling method personally. Yeah. And I mean, Dune was especially obnoxious because it was like, we didn't even know we were getting a part two. Right. And, and also it wasn't like, very loudly broadcast that that was only part one. No, uh, with Mission Impossible, at least it was like we in the, know, yeah, the title we was that, part one. Yeah, exactly. It was in the title, and then it was also we know. Well, we know. Maybe not everybody knows, but like that they've been filming part two for like ten years. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like during all of this stuff. Um. So it's like we know it's coming. So that's good. But it, it is. I and I guess maybe because it worked for Avengers. Maybe they think that's what we all need to do now because the wasn't the last Avengers like a two part yeah thing. But again, yeah. they they we knew it. They shot them all at the same time. I think I think it's 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 bad, but I think it's especially and also you know there is some precedent in that example. Like we're we're ending a twenty ending in quotes a twenty three movie uh, or whatever it was uh, series. So it's like I get yeah. it, and they advertised it for like five fucking years that we're going right. to shoot two massive blockbusters at the exact same time. And they're going to come out on these dates. And they did a good job. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I think that like, like the first one kind of ends in a way where it's just like, that's a fucking cool ending for. A, a yes, exactly. See that, that that's the thing is like, sorry to be paying Marvel a compliment, but like the thing that I, that bugs me about a lot of movies that get cut in half, including mission impossible, honestly, is that, I feel like there's a way to like, okay, take a book that's one story, break it in half, but still come up with a satisfying ending to part one. And Avengers did that by making it about Thanos instead of about like kind of secretly making it his story. And he has a satisfying ending (laughs) to his story. Yeah, absolutely. There's an an angle to it. I wish they would be more creative about how to 
make it satisfying instead of just going like, okay, well, that's three hours. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also wonder if it's go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I also wonder if it's like part of the streaming strategy. Like, if you put out a part one, then when part two comes out, you could really you could re-release it theatrically but most likely people are just going to want to watch it on they'll get paramount plus for the month and watch it you know if they even bother they'll get it and then they'll watch so i wonder if there was like some sort of like it's supposed to kind of be yeah content bait for when the sequel comes out i'm sure that's true to some extent but also like it feels like there's also not enough part one and part twos for that to be like a industry trend like it's like no i don't think it's like they're count they're banking all streaming will rely on that yeah. strategy i just mean for this case like maybe paramount was like just like we'll split it because we could do this and although i'm, I'm sure it was tom cruise and uh Macquarie's idea to do this like, I, I, don't I also i also fully believe that we're in for like the real deal with the next one you know like i i full i have no problem believing that we're gonna get to <coughs> part two and be like oh <laughs> so right. that's why they did it um like yeah. that's a that's a totally real possibility like i have enough faith in the storytelling ability of these particular filmmakers to 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 feel like there's just something that i don't know yet i hope that's the case but yeah but it is but just generally speaking it is frustrating yeah yeah and I, yeah and it could that could be the the reason for the box office. I, I just think like the Barbenheimer thing was super weird. I have, I still have not yet gotten to see either of those movies, but like you could not miss, that was like the first time people had talked about movies. Isn't that like, weird? Yeah. It's really, it's strange. Four years or three years. Yeah. And like, there are, um, there are movies coming out and it's like, it's, it's, it's so strange. Like movies. I want to see movies that would have, I think would have been huge years ago. And it's yeah. just like crickets, crickets. Well, they killed it. I mean, it's a habit. In, in a way, it is a habit you have to keep people in. Yeah. And then not only did they take movies away, they took new movies away yeah. for several years, but then they they tried to force like an entirely different theater killing model, uh, despite with streaming. Like every almost every studio tried to push that, mm-hmm. and so it's like that's what you get. Like you're not going to get a one billion dollar box office if, uh, you know, that's, that's I mean... specifically what you asked not to have anymore. Yeah. In in the Scorsese interview I was watching today, he was talking about how, like, you know, the 70s are considered this, like, golden age of filmmaking because, like, people were just, the studios had sort of died and people were just kind of getting to do what they want. Yeah. And then, like, the year that Raging Bull came out was sort of, like, the end of that. And then, like, the independents had to, like, fight for it again. And, like... It's weird because, like, film is such a young medium. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think about this with, like, rock and roll music, too. Like, where it's like, huh, none music. I mean, it's actually kind of having, like, a last gasp right now. But it's like, there's no guarantee. Like, this has only existed. Like, pop music and, like, rock music even more briefly. Like, why would I assume that these things are going to last forever just because they've been around f- for my life? But movies have kind of followed this have had this cycle before of like studios being really empowered and then losing all their power and movies get good again and then studios get a lot more power and then they lose all their power and movies get really good again so like it could be that like we're in the period before another really good you know decade of movies (laughs) i hope so my my biggest i hope so yeah my biggest fear is with all of that is that the infrastructure just isn't there anymore. Like you've, you've run all of the independent theaters out of business in place of these massive multiplexes. And if those go, then who's, who's there to support the actual industry, right? If you can't fill those anymore, which they fucking aren't, you know, it's like I go to independent theaters and they're packed, but there's just not that many of them. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't know, and and maybe that means you know maybe that means hundred and fifty million dollar plus budgets go away for a decade or something like that, and like that's fine, sure, let's see what that looks like. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I it's like I don't think cinema is just gonna like go away. I just really hope that the theater experience doesn't go away, because like I see 
so many movies in the theater and like it's just so i see movies that i've seen dozens of times in the theater and it's like it's sometimes it's like seeing it for the first time um and so i think it would just be a tremendous loss um yeah anyway i got i got a well, i got a i got a cruise minute that i want to get in before we wrap yeah okay uh i so i did my you know my googling of tom cruise news and uh this is a good one. Tom Cruise reveals why he sleeps so little. Um, uh, he's crazy. And yeah, exactly. An interviewer <laughs> for E mentioned that one of uh, one of your cast members told me yesterday that in the seventeen years that they have worked with you, that they've only sleep seen you sleep twice: once on a plane to Japan and once in a zero gravity bed, <laughs> which I think rocks. Mm. And he's then, an alien. Yeah. And then uh, he he's like he admitted, uh, you know what? I try not to sleep. It's surprising because he's in incredible shape, uh, despite his lack of sleep. He uh, it says he says uh, Cruz explained, I think I don't sleep. I go unconscious. That's what happens. It's like that my days start early and they go early, and his schedule is tough to keep up with, especially considering the demanding stunts. Yada 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 yada. Uh, I just thought that was funny. I don't sleep. I go unconscious. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that way right now. Yeah, I mean, some, yeah. people, some people don't like... Some people sleep like less and less as they get older, right? Like, don't like old, some old people sleep like four hours? Yeah. And then yeah, some old sure. people sleep a lot, I guess. Like, right. I've heard that. Um, and like, uh, like, obviously, yes, I think that's true. I, I, I struggle now to sleep more than I ever did. As, like, as a kid, I could just like fall asleep and no big deal. And now yeah. I have to I have to medicate myself to sleep every night, um, so I I get that. And then I've also heard the thing about like smart people, like smart people. For you know, I don't know what proof there is, but like intelligent people apparently sleep less. So maybe he's a genius. Like Kit, Kit never sleeps. That's true. Kit never mm -hmm. sleeps. That'd be good. Wall Street Three. Too Kit much... never sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> Too much thinking to do. Too much thinking. Yeah. No, that's, I know like some, the kids I used to babysit for and their mom were, I would bet money that they're all genius IQs and like none of them slept. So. I don't think it's, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's good for you. And I don't think it's like, it's not like, well, because of how your brain functions, you sleep less. I think it's literally just like the disorders associated with like, what we identify as like a smart person yeah <laughs> tend to include like the anxiety and trouble sleeping um yeah insomnia and also just like i mean that's when my day starts <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's when like when everyone else is asleep it's like okay now it's time to do smart my thing stuff yeah <laughs> She, you're just she, acting dumb yeah. all day so yeah. yeah she's she's doing equations on her windows and shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> right right or good good kid hunting writing writing with a quill by candlelight you're, yeah i mean you're <laughs> that's like i mean i remember like like jonathan edwards would get like two hours of sleep and never spend time with his family because he was just like i have more important shit to do Kind of I have to record my every thought. Hell yeah. <laughs> Philip K. Dick didn't sleep a lot, but he was just on a lot of speed, so that could be. But, well, I mean, I think yeah. I think like addiction is another part of that, like, you know. Yeah. Quadrant? I don't know. But yeah. I don't know. I'm a super genius and somehow I pull everything off perfectly. So <laughs> I guess it's just uh No, I don't I don't sleep very well either. Especially the last time I realized I haven't slept very well just i think it's just when i like when i was in college there was like no stress at all and i slept like a fucking baby and it was wonderful i but... sleep better now i would say you do you yeah yeah and i need I more sleep now i can yeah. i can no longer like i literally used to be able to stay up for like 48 hours and go to class and do my thing good god right. and there now if i don't get enough sleep i can't like it's weird because like i've always been someone who was like i don't i don't notice when i'm hungry i don't know when i'm thirsty i don't know when i'm tired i just like do my thing and then like something reminds me like oh it's dinner it's dinner time so i have to but like 
in the last couple of years, it's been like, like I'll be driving home from work and like crying and feeling like I don't know where my house is. And then I'll go like, maybe it's because I haven't eaten anything, had a glass of water and I (laughs) slept for two hours. (laughs) But I just, I don't have a history of having to think about those things. So like now I have to learn like to think about those things and actually schedule them and do them. Yeah. Yeah. Let that be a lesson to you kids. Sleep debt is real. Mm-hmm. There you go. Or huff some paint so that you're not smart. That's so true. You don't have the problems. Kill those brain that. cells. You'll yeah. sleep like a baby. <laughs> uh, all right. We will wrap this up. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight, folks. Bye, Mike. Have a happy Halloween. What are we going to be There's watching next, next week? week? Oh, yeah, that's true. You guys are going on a luxury vacation. And I'm true. having a baby, so <laughs> okay. we will be out of commission for a while. What is the due date again? October 18th. I forgot. Be the, it's a C-section. So, yeah, he will be here October 18th. He could come over. What are you going to name hope. him? I <sighs> forgot. Name him Jack, like Jack-O-Lantern or Jack Skellington or... Because this, this is a Halloween baby. This is a Halloween baby. Yeah. 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 I could... W- we can stop recording. I can tell you some front runners. Okay. Um, Edward Scissorhands Keller. <laughs> so, Thomas Dracula Keller is one of the names that I have pitched. Wait, what um, is it? Thomas Dracula Keller. Oh, man. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we talked Sarah, about Elvis at one point, right? Yeah. Well, that was supposed to be my name. I was supposed to be Elvis Hawkeye. That fucking uh, rules. I know. Imagine how different your life would have been. Oh, my I God. Dude, I was just talking oh about my it. God. You'd, I was, I was talking you wouldn't to my be boss. podcasting with us right now. Yeah, that's for sure. That's, yeah. You'd, 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 you'd be running X right now and Tesla. It's true. Yeah. I, I literally said this to my boss earlier today. I was like, we was talking about names. And I was like, yeah, my dad wanted to name me Elvis Hawkeye Keller, but my mom won that argument. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I like my job, but I would not be working in the library if my name was Elvis. <laughs> no, Hawkeye. you wouldn't. So. You'd be doing stunts. Uh, hell yeah, you <laughs> You'd would. Be doing something super cool. But you know, it is what it is. Mom won that argument. So, uh, uh, slow motion triple feature was recorded under an enormous pile of empty brandy bottles. Special thanks to our producer Lee, the man in the booth who makes us sound great. If you'd like to contact us, please do so at slowmotiontriple at gmail.com. Hooray for my-